Production of AutoLine This Week is underwritten by... Let's talk truth. When buying a car, we all want a great deal. Yet it's possible you could pay thousands more for the same car as your neighbor. That's why True Car provides upfront pricing information and a network of True Car certified dealers that guarantee savings without negotiation. Now, if someone paid too much for their car, well, it won't be you. So, when buying a car, get guaranteed savings. Visit TrueCar.com. And now, here is your host, John McElroy. Thanks for joining us on AutoLine this week, where we're going to be getting into everything about the Lincoln brand. And that's because my special guest today is Matt Van Dyke, the global director of Lincoln. Matt, great having you on AutoLine. Thanks, John. Great to be here. Also joining us are Bill Vlasic from the New York Times. And we should really talk about your book, Once Upon a Car. You've got the paperback version out now? Yes, sir. It's out and available, Once Upon a Car. I hope people read it. And and more than that, there's an epilogue. You've added more. So anybody who's seen Uh, the uh, hardcover should look at the, the... it's very up-to-date, as up-to-date as I can make it. Thanks, John. Good to know. And Keith Naughton from Bloomberg also joining us today. Hi, Good having you here, too, Thanks. Keith. Let's talk Lincoln. And, and my first question to you, Matt, is what was it that changed inside the Ford Motor Company where Lincoln was just sort of this brand, and now it's getting all kinds of attention? You're named the global director, all kinds of investment. What, what's the thinking behind the change at the company? Well, well, really, I think it's all about focus. And, and five years ago, as everybody knows, Ford Motor Company had a stable of luxury brands. You know, we had Volvo, Jag, Land Rover, Aston Martin. And, and really, when the transformation began of the Blue Oval, it was all about Ford and, and then Lincoln. And it's now time to turn the attention. Uh, we still say very focused on Ford, but it's now time to be very, very focused on Lincoln and taking Lincoln to the next level here in the U.S., and then also globally. Globally, let's talk that, because all along Ford had said, well, we're going to change this brand, we're going to grow it in the United States. Once it's, we know that it's working there, then we'll go globally, and then bang, out of the blue, you guys announced you're going to do it in China, too. What, what's driven the change in that thinking? Well, I think really, I mean, the growth in the China market as a whole is just uh, is huge right now. And for us to be able to uh, look at U.S. as, I think, priority 1A. We've got to uh, be successful here and begin the transformation here. But to be able to look at the China market and identify, I think, really white space for Lincoln to be able to go in and uh, add the volume, add a place to learn new things that we can apply around the world, it was just too big of an opportunity to pass up. I think it's interesting to contrast um, your message with Lincoln to what uh, General Motors is doing with Cadillac. Um, the new ATS, Cadillac ATS, is being pitched as a direct competitor with the BMW 3 Series and the other German. Whereas I've heard uh, nothing but we don't want to. We want to be the uh, non-German luxury brand that Lincoln wants to carve out a niche that's not in a direct competitive uh, arena with sort of the, the 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 leaders in the market. Sure. I mean, I think when you look at the luxury category in the U.S. and, and globally, there's so much of it that just goes after that. Uh, that German, I think, uh, inspired performance that's out there. And while we think it's very important to have uh, a performance component of the brand, we think that we can chart a different course. And that's really what we're trying to do with Lincoln. And that's really what we're beginning with the all-new MKZ that's launching this month. Matt, so much of Lincoln's image to so many people is tied up with the town car as kind of the executive airport taxi. 
And I wonder what you do to overcome that very entrenched image, which doesn't seem to fit with you know, the MKZ and where you're taking the brand. Yeah, I think Lincoln has a proud heritage and we've got uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of customers that love the town car and know us for Continental and, and Navigator. Um, but really, the market has shifted a lot. It's shifted uh, even before the recession, but then significantly since the recession in terms of the smaller segments in the premium industry growing at faster paces. And so for us to serve uh, a new luxury customer, we really had to do it with different products. And really, that's what this transformation begins with, with, with MKZ. You also seem to have focused in on creating Lincoln as this boutique brand. You know, something that's small and quiet, maybe not going after big volume. Do I have that right? I mean, it, it, yeah, absolutely, John. I think for us, what we really see the opportunity to do is use our size to our advantage and nimbleness. Our goal is not to uh, set out and set sales targets and say we want to be the number one selling luxury brand in the U.S. again in a few short years or something like that. What we really want to do is work with our dealer network to provide you know, unparalleled personal service and customer experience. We think we'll be able to do that by not having the biggest showrooms and the biggest waiting areas, but really uh, beginning to know our customers like your tailor knows you, uh, really in a smaller, more personal way. That's really our goal right now with Lincoln. Uh, our readers in the New York Times were very intrigued by the first uh, images in the ad campaign using President Lincoln as, an, as, a, as a draw into sort of um, what Lincoln's, the car company stands for. And of course, you changed the name to Lincoln Motor Company from just plain Lincoln. Um, explain to me, you know, what, what, is it, what message are you trying to get to people about um, maybe trusting the brand or um, how they should view it differently because of well, that? Well, really, Lincoln uh, is a 90-year-old company. And during decades, we have been known for uh, the finest automobiles in the world from a design perspective, from um, aspects of technological innovation. And in the last several years, I think we've lost that level of in innovation. And what we really aim to do is recapture that spirit. And we're sending a signal that we aim to build world-class luxury cars again. And we really want to remind people of what some of the great cars that we are known for are. So as we've begun the rollout of the Lincoln Motor Company and the advertising that goes with it, we have kind of glanced backwards. We've shown some of the cars that we're known for. We've shown some of the uh, famous people and presidents who loved our brand and, and chose our brand. And really then we turn the attention and focus on the new technology, the new vehicles and, and where we're going from here. So. We felt it was very important to acknowledge that heritage and tell the story. And, and importantly, this new luxury customer that we're targeting, they're folks that they really want to know about the brands that they choose. They care very deeply about the story that's behind the brands. And so we thought it was important to inject that into kind of where we're going and what our point is right now. And now you're going to do a Super Bowl ad, a first for Lincoln, a very expensive proposition. I think a minute goes for about $8 million. So you have Jimmy Fallon helping you. Uh, you're, what, you're soliciting tweets, right? We do, and we so, are, to, to, and what, we have. What, 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 something, the script. Uh, steer the script. Steer the script, right? Uh, steer the hashtag script. steer That's the script. Right. Is that process complete now, and are you going through that? Where are you at in the development well, of Well, so what ad? we did is um, 
we chose to do the Super Bowl because we have to quickly reestablish and get on people's radar. Mm -hmm. And that is certainly a marketing environment where uh, you can get noticed in a hurry. Um, now, you have to behave in a unique way, I think, to do it right. And I think uh, the automotive category has done a nice job of that recently. But you can't necessarily run the commercials that you've already run, and you can't do things that are very expected. So what we were interested in doing was really something unique with social media. We wanted to get the conversation about Lincoln started mm -hmm. and continue it, kind of before, during, and after the game. And so we partnered with Jimmy Fallon really because of his creative chops. We needed somebody who understood improvisation, who understood writing, who understood creativity. And what we did is then we launched it into social media, into hashtag uh, steer the script. And what we began asking people is to tell us a story of their most exciting, interesting, favorite road trip. And now what we're doing with uh, Jimmy Fallon is collaborating on how that all comes together. And so we'll continue to play it out in the weeks uh, through the end of this month and into January so that we let the social community help us make decisions about exactly what the commercial will look like. But, but Jimmy himself won't actually be in the ad, right? He's just helping you write it or maybe no, he'll be Jimmy's in the No, Jimmy's really uh, helping us curate it. So he's not planning to be in the ad. He will be um, really just helping be the catalyst for developing it. Matt, this just doesn't sound luxury to me in any way. Super Bowl, Jimmy Fallon, tweet it out, hashtag steer the script. You guys are taking a real risk here and trying to create this boutique brand, but going out in a mass market way with it. Yeah, I think that overall we have two, kind of a two-pronged effort media-wise. And what we need to do is be extremely, extremely relevant to a core target audience. And we have it very, very clearly identified. But what we also have to do is, I think, massively announce to the world that we're back and we're behaving in a new way. Uh, I think one of the things that we want to do as a luxury brand is behave in an unconventional way, in a different way. We want to engage social media. We want to use digital. One of the things that we've done in this transformation process is not necessarily just benchmark the auto category and say, what has everyone else done? We've gone out and we've looked at brands like Burberry and Gucci and other brands and fashion categories that have transformed themselves. And some of the most interesting learnings are for brands like Burberry, who have gone huge into digital. They started uh, tweeting uh, in advance uh, pictures from their fashion shows. They started live streaming things and engaging the social media community to begin to talk about their brand in a new way. And we really think that there's some great learnings there, and we think it's time to uh, be bold and to take some chances with Lincoln and get it out into the into the world in that way. I, I know you, you guys have raised the question, does the world need another luxury brand? And the answer is probably not. But I, I'm wondering, is there? do you guys detect a yearning out there for an American luxury brand? This is what Cadillac is also trying to, to, um, to uh, uh, get new customers who want an American luxury car. And I think Chrysler has been really successful in playing Ironically, since they've been taken over by the Italians and the playing into the imported from Detroit and the American side of the company. Um, and and, and I, I do think there is um, a, a group of buyers out there that you might never have reached with Volvo and Jaguar and the like that maybe Lincoln. Like, to John's point, it's a, a little broader group, but maybe a bigger group. Sure. I, I think there's really, I guess, two things to respond to. I mean, 
I think we're, I think, very honest with ourselves right now about the transformation that we're on with Lincoln. And uh, the day that we announced uh, introducing the Lincoln Motor Company and began the campaign for the MKZ, we did that ad that said, does the world need a new luxury car? Mm -hmm. Not really. And then we went on in long form copy to really talk about what the heritage of the company was, where it's been and where we're going, because we felt it was very important to kind of acknowledge that for us to be successful, you had to expect different things from us. And so we thought that that was really important to do. And part of that story, I think, is the heritage story that is quintessentially American luxury. I think the distinction that I draw, though, is for us and what that means for a luxury brand, I think, is that we want to be warm and human and optimistic, not necessarily just waving a flag and saying this is where we're built and things like that. And I think that that will manifest itself differently than perhaps other brands have done it in the U.S. recently. So putting yourself out there, you know, uh, that creates a level of risk. Uh, some of the reviews on the MKZ have been mixed. Edmunds.com in particular really took you guys to task. Uh, for A, putting summer tires on a car when very few buyers will order summer tires and that could affect the results of their tests. But they also felt like the car just wasn't up to snuff. They didn't think it was uh, uh, in the same league as the luxury leaders. What do you do to, to respond to that? Or do you respond yeah, to that? Yeah, well, no, I, th I think you said it. There's definitely some mix, but overall, um, the reception to the new car has been overwhelmingly positive, uh, not just from media, but from dealers and others, uh, and, and it's a very formidable product. I think, for example, the, the Edmund story that talked about, oh, summer tires and the handling, they said it outhandles a BMW M5 with summer tires. Well, these are summer tires that are available as a package on the car that customers are asking for. I, I think what it's about right now is uh, a Lincoln MKZ outhandling a BMW M5 on a slalom course is just cognitive dissonance for the, an Edmunds reviewer. And I think we're going to go through that, not for one chapter, but we're going to go through that through a few chapters of the different products that we introduce. I don't think we, I mean, we haven't had summer tires on a package that performs and handles with the CCD suspension system that we have on this new product. And I think that that's a natural occurrence when the brand's going through the amount of transformation it's going through. So I think our story is uh, get the product out there, let people experience it, leverage social media and see where it goes. I mean, I think the response um, in the blogs and in the comment sections to even some of the articles that may have even raised a question about it have been overwhelmingly positive. They've been saying, hey, great, uh, the price value of this car that can perform this way with summer tires, Super. Is Bring cognitive dissonance good? I mean, does that get people talking, good or bad? It oh, just I gets people it talking is. and that's good for you? I think it's very important. Because I think that the biggest thing for Lincoln isn't that there's necessarily been uh, big negatives recently. It's been that we just haven't been showing up on the radar. Mm -hmm. So what we have to do is get back in the conversation. Uh, of course, I'd love it to be all positive all the time. Uh, we're entering a extremely challenging segment. Everybody's got great products in the luxury segment. Everyone's got great marketing and advertising. And I think that's the tonality and humbleness that we have to approach the segment with. What we have to do is, with every product, with every marketing campaign, with each experience that we can provide, uh, personal experience-wise and customer service-wise in the dealership, we need to make a productive step forward. And, and that's really gonna be the beginning of the journey of the transformation. 
you mentioned the heritage of the brand. It does have great heritage. It's got these great coach work bodied cars from the 30s. You've got presidential limousines. You've got Edsel Ford, the first Mark I, Mark II, and, and the like. What is the brand going to be? What, I, I mean, you've got this great heritage, but what are you going to project out to the public in terms of what the brand really is? Yeah, for us, what we need to do is really become known for quality, design, and personal service. And in terms of quality, certainly it's, um, you know, elimination of things gone wrong, but it's also that craftsmanship that you've talked about. And the new MKZ is really a, a major leap forward for us from where we've been on Lincoln. It harkens back to the cars of the past. It's got innovative features on it that you can't find in any other luxury car. It's got the world's first wide open panoramic moonroof, 15 square feet that literally just slides back over the, the haunches of the car in, in an amazing way. Uh, it's got a reduction of the shifter in the interior and push button uh, drive control in a way that opens up more, more space in the car. It's got uh, a fit and finish that is back to a new level for Lincoln and, and where it should be. So that combined with the designs inside and out is just very, very important to us. So the quality, design, and then personal service is really important. And you brought up earlier our size, and we talk about using our size to our advantage, and that really gets to us inspiring a new level. And, and to be very honest, we've had to work very, very diligently with our, our dealer network in terms of uh, getting up to a level of service that's expected in the luxury category. You know, we had to really work closely with our Lincoln dealers to say, same make loaner cars, car washes with every service that comes in. That is not enough. That is absolutely not enough. Lexus set the bar on that 20 years ago. Everyone in the category has followed. What now can we do to differentiate ourselves? So what we're doing is we're partnering with companies to come in and uh, companies like Leclay d'Or to create a Lincoln Academy. Leclay d'Or is a concierge service and the finest hotels in the world and really inspire a level of customer care and handling that will be, be very personal and individual for Lincoln. It will be differentiated. And we should just point out quickly for the audience that you spent a good do a, amount of time at Lexus. So it's not like you just grew up in the Ford system. You're bringing some of that learning to Lincoln. I did. A number of us on, I think, the current Lincoln team have had some experience with, with a few other luxury brands as well. Well, you are doing some interesting things like the date night with Lincoln where you can uh, you can take the car for the weekend and you'll pay for their dinner and the, the anniversaries and all that. Some people might think that's uh, coming out a little strong, if you will. Um, but I'm curious what the reaction has been so far, for example, for people who've reserved uh, an MKZ and are looking forward to getting a gift in return and some of that kind of stuff. Sure. I mean, date night that you mentioned is a program that we developed with the dealers because we really recognize that uh, the new product alone, marketing and advertising, uh, unique treatment and online, that may be enough to pique your interest, but people really want to experience it. And people have current perceptions of Lincoln, and we want to give them the chance to come in, uh, drive the car, not just on a 30-minute or 10-minute test drive, but literally take it home overnight. And one of the things that Date Night said is, let's not just enable an overnight test drive program. How can we take it to the next level? So we partnered with Zagat to have people who come into the dealerships who are in-market customers be qualified in order to take it home and have dinner on us with, uh, on behalf of our dealers. So we think it's not necessarily heavy-handed or coming on strong. We think it's, I think, a, a humble approach to invite people to try us in a unique way. 
So the word is you're going to be showing the MKC small sport utility vehicle at the Detroit Auto Show. Why is it important for you guys to be in that category that you're not in yet? Well, uh, we, we will have uh, an exciting press conference at the Detroit show, and we will have a, a C-segment concept vehicle that we haven't shown yet. What I'll say about C-segment for premium is just that it's the fastest growing segment. And that alone, just the business case of where the industry is going, isn't necessarily the only reason why it's important for us. I think one of the reasons it's important for us is that the, the segment is really not owned by anyone. When you look at some of the... Uh, higher-end segments and some of the utility segments where you have players who have been in there just at commanding market share for a long, long period of time. Um, it's, kind of, it's a daunting challenge. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll be there, but these new emerging segments are an opportunity for us to go in where the playing field's really kind of wide open, and I think we'll have a really exciting concept vehicle. Is that your best play then on the margins to go into these sort of white spaces instead of trying to go head-on to the to the really entrenched segments? Um, I, I think really we have to be in both and I, I don't think there's a luxury player who isn't identifying and recognizing that you have to be effective at the smaller vehicle segments. Uh, I do think that there are ways to differentiate within the segment in terms of product content and a level of specialness that can enable um, you know, very profitable business in these segments. So for us, we have to be in, in both places, really in all the places. I'm intrigued that you're calling this now the Lincoln Motor Company. But my question is, how much of a company is it really? Is it just a brand with that name that's really just an adjunct of everything else going on at Ford? Or is it really going to be a company? Yeah, I think... Um, it's a company in as much as we have a Lincoln-dedicated design studio. We are back to having Lincoln-dedicated team members as part of Ford Motor Company that do nothing but wake up and think about Lincoln 110% of the time. Uh, we aren't uh, deviating from Ford Motor Company. And very intentionally, Lincoln Motor Company, Ford Motor Company, we are very proud of the association. There's incredible corporate goodwill for Ford Motor Company, and many people very much like that association. So we aren't trying to distance ourselves uh, from that perspective. It's really a substantive signal of change that expect different things from the Lincoln that you thought you knew. Well, what happens to the Navigator, which... Uh in some respects, it doesn't sound like it fits the new Lincoln image. I mean, the Navigator was a very glitzy, you know, high-end sort of urban vehicle for most people. And, and um, I know you can't talk about future products, but is something like that, is that still part of the family? Yeah, I mean, Navigator is still a very, very good business for us. Uh, our dealers and customers love the product. Uh, you can... Um, you can do very well in that segment still. So we, we absolutely are not ruling that segment out. I mean, we're talking about how important the entry segments are and the premium segments are. Uh, won't go into detailed future product plans, but we absolutely love the Navigator. But, but no Lincoln pickup truck this time? No, I don't think you'll see us wading back into a, uh, a Lincoln Raptor. Some of the Blackwood. Blackwood. Yeah. Some of the other luxury brands, Audi notably, but also BMW and Mercedes, play heavily in motorsports. You know, Lincoln used to way back when too. That's where the term hot rod Lincoln sure. came out of mm, back in the, sure. the the Panamericana races in, in Mexico and the like. Any thought at all given to somewhere down the line once you've got things in place of going motor racing? Yeah, I, I think we wouldn't rule that out. But I think overall, when you look at the spectrum, and it, just if I speak for the U.S. for a moment, 
of what is going on in the luxury category. I think right now for us to differentiate ourselves, what you won't see us doing is going for that just straight out aggressive performance, trying to say, you know, we can out BMW, BMW, we can go race at Le Mans, beat Audi and things like that. I think what we'll do is look to carve out our own territory with a unique positioning, progressive luxury in a unique way, which racing um, isn't unimportant, but it's a component. Performance is a component of that, but not necessarily the most important part. So right now, it's not really uh, on the immediate term focus for the brand. No, I know. You, you, you have a lot to do before you even think about those things. But I just thought down the road, I, wa I was curious. I mean, Hot Rod Lincoln, that sounds kind of fun. <laughs> So the, the dealers are saying that, that you're shooting for an 18% sales gain next year. And given that your sales are down 63% since 1990, that's not exactly getting you back to where you were. Is that, is that what you're looking for, though, something double-digit next year, really, to get back on the map? I think overall the, the industry is growing, the premium percentage of the industry is growing, and obviously a successful transformation, sales are going to have to come with it. But... For us, what's really, really important is things like the residual value, not putting too many products into the market, uh, not um, necessarily, uh, well, just matching production to demand. So that and getting Conquest customers, we have to get new people into our brand. We have to behave like a challenger. So we're not going to be chasing sales targets throughout next year. We're not going to set a number. We have very, very good agreement with our dealers on, um, I think, running with a level of discipline that um, is at a new and higher level than we've had recently. They're still running a lot of deals on the older product. You can, you can find them everywhere. Uh, how difficult is it to straddle those two worlds? You still got to do the deals on the products that aren't as competitive, and you want that MKZ to be boosting your transaction prices. Yes. I wish I had the magic wand in my pocket <laughs> and I could wave it over, and the entire lineup at once could be transformed. Um, but alas, yeah. it's not there. So that is a challenge, and I think we have to just address it head on, and that's why we're really working with our dealers on different policies and, and different programs so that we treat customers differently as they come in. Um, we still have uh, some wonderful products like the MKS that we think as more people come into the showroom have a chance to also grow in the next year. And overall, across the board, we have to, I think, change our incentive strategies and things like that. And we're in the process of doing that already, and that'll really continue into next year and with each uh, new model that comes out. So are we going to have a period where we see John Slattery deal commercials against, you know, your wonderful new impressionistic? Yes or no answer. We're down at the very end. <laughs> we, we won't, you won't see that. I think uh, overall within the category, we'll be competitive on what we have to be in, during the sales seasons, but um, it'll be different. Matt Van Dyke, thanks so much for coming in and talking, Lincoln. Loved having you here. Thank you so much. And both of you two, too. And we should say, check out Bill Vlasic's book. And Keith, thanks so much for coming in. And want to thank all of you for having tuned in to AutoLine This Week. Production of AutoLine This Week is underwritten by... Let's talk truth. When buying a car, we all want a great deal. Yet it's possible you could pay thousands more for the same car as your neighbor. That's why TrueCar provides upfront pricing information and a network of TrueCar certified dealers that guarantee savings without negotiation. Now, if someone paid too much for their car, well, it won't be you. So when buying a car, get guaranteed savings. Visit TrueCar.com.